Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning, all of my beautiful practitioners. I am so happy to be on the phone with you guys on this call. Um, what a wonderful group. I just love you guys so much. All right, I'm going to, um, I'm just getting online here to the official page. I was just on the phone with the wonderful Brandon Kniefel, my, my appetizer to the, um, to this call. Uh, and I'd like to just know who is on the Kizal with us today. And I didn't listen. It's going to be good. I don't know if uh, some of you may not have had the opportunity yet to uh, hear Candace G speak, and I find her to be completely inspiring. Um, she is the perfect example of someone who just lives service just lives it, and has a very strong understanding and practice of spiritual law. She just applies it to everything. And uh, just sitting with her in normal conversation, she inspires me because she reminds me of how important it is uh, to bring God into everything. And she truly brings God into everything. So <clears throat> I'm happy that we'll have time with her. She's going to be calling in at 11 a.m., so we have a little time with each other beforehand. So let's start uh, with Crack One and uh, Chris Tompkins. Good morning, yes. Good morning, hello. Sushant. Yes, I am here. Hello, Amina. I am here. Hello, uh, Patsy. I'm here. Beautiful, Mar. Hey, Brian? Okay, Tom? Okay, Mike? Mike Merkowitz, no? Okay, some people want to call in a little later. And um, uh, Lisa? Really? All right. And Stephen? I'm here. Hello. All right. And on the up swing. Okay. Back to uh, Mark. I'm here. Cool. Brandon? Here. L.E.? Hello. Good morning. Good. Sophie? Here and now. Hello, Jennifer. 
uh, Jin's in London, so she may not, it might be a little challenging to get on this call. Uh, Mark Brandon Elliott said, here, Martha. Here. Hello. Okay, I think that's in one track. Team track three. Steven. Here. Hello. Mom. Tina? Yes, Jesse. All right, there she is. I thought so. Um, uh, Magali? I'm here. Hi, Magali. Good to hear your voice. Hello. Good to be back. Francisco? Francisco, going once, going twice. Bruce? A key. Hello, Bruce. Yep, okay. Um, uh, da, 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 da. I don't have track three's uh, uh, list in front of me, so I'm going off memory here. I think I'm, I know I'm missing a couple people. Um, Hector. Hector. How could I possibly forget Hector? How are you, Hector? Yeah, I'm here. Good. One, two, three, four, five. I think, is that it for Crack 3? I'm here. It's Kathy. Kathy, my our sister from Arizona. Cool. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to go towards people we were not there in Crack 1. One more time. Lisa? Mike Marinkovich? Tom? Brian? Mar. Okay, and Francisco, did he call in? Or Jen? Cool. That's why we record classes. All right, let's pray in. So you can join me if you'd like by placing your hand on your heart, taking a deep breath in. We are grateful, so grateful, so thankful for the opportunity to connect with one another to create this sacred space with our practitioners through our intention, through our open heart, our loving heart, knowing that love is all there is, that any appearance of disorder, disarray, pain, suffering, all of that, all of that is misperception expressing itself in the illusion. Let us turn our collective thought forms now towards love, towards possibility, towards life-giving experiences. Knowing that where we are, God is. Where we are, love is. Where we are, light is. So we allow the light to come forward and express freely as our life. Knowing that light is the creative essence in which we all arise. So we lean back into it, into the oneness of the creative furnace that creates and solidifies all loving possibility. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for supporting us and remembering the truth of who we are through all these wonderful texts, through all this this beautiful community, through the service work that we do, through our willingness to see the innocence in our brothers and sisters. We give thanks. We place in the circle, in the center of our circle, all of our presidential candidates, sending them light and love, 
surrounding them with oh, healing light essence, knowing that where they are, God is, for truly God is all there is. And we place in the circle to any LGBTQ person who feels afraid or alone, just remembering for them as well that God is all around. And we know that for them until they can experience it for themselves. How grateful we are to do this, to hold the high watch. How grateful we are for the freedom to practice this work, to be able to come together, to commune with one another, to hold these hands. So grateful and so thankful. We go forward today in gratitude for all of our teachers, for Reverend Jennifer Hadley, for Venerable Tahani Oahu, and for Reverend Candace Chi today, knowing that they are open channels of divine wisdom. And we open our heart to receive the true wisdom from God. We're grateful to do so. We're grateful to allow the healing to unfold as ease and grace in our life. With open hearts and open mind, we go forward in a state of celebration because there's so much good to celebrate. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Okay. So, so everyone, listen. It's a special day today. We have, this is the last group call with our practitioner ones. They are graduating in just over three weeks. Um, uh, at the Heart Center on the 24th, Saturday the 24th is the official practitioner graduation. Everyone on this call is invited to participate, hold the space, and um, you know join in the ceremony, the ritual. We're also going to be announcing them at service the next day. Um, so I invite you to really participate in every step of it. It's really a beautiful thing. This is part of your tribe. This really is part of your tribe. These are the people that you'll be teaching with down the road. These are the people that you'll be praying with down the road. And it's really good to just support them and love them up, especially in this really beautiful time. It's very, you know, um, the graduation is ceremonial, and it's um, giving them the space to stand in their commitment to be a loving presence on the planet, to be a spiritual leader, a spiritual teacher. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to go and be a minister or you know, a life coach or something like that, though many of them will. It's about standing in that space energetically. And so we can help them strengthen that process by living, lending them our love and our light and our energy during this, this wonderful, exciting, cool time. And I just bow in gratitude to the practitioner ones, to all the practitioners, because uh, it was really an adventure that we embarked upon together. I'm so grateful for all the opportunity I've had to become a better teacher, to understand spiritual law and principle even more through having these discussions, through teaching these classes. What a gift it's been to um, have this wonderful, sometimes wacky experience building spiritual community. A quick announcement, and then we're going to actually open up the circle for 15 minutes to just allow the track ones to share any words of wisdom or thoughts as they around the final corner before Candace calls. Beginning September 18th, we are going to start um, having two services at Inspire, a 10 a.m. and an 11.30. So 
services will be approximately one hour, ten minutes. That's our goal to get it there. So we'll really be focusing on flow and function. And um, it, this is uh, just part of, I'm really standing in the declaration of it's time to do this. It, we have grown to a space that, um, and I'm interested in having space for everyone to come in. And I know that when you create the space, it builds. And that's, um, that's just the truth. I am knowing that we are in this wonderful growth, that people are interested in what we are doing, having these conversations, um, that people are interested in developing a deeper, uh, richer connection with God, with their higher power, with the universe, and with other people on a spiritual path. And I'm so grateful that we get to support them and provide that service for them. So really wonderful. Um, what a wonderful time. What an exciting time to just do this work and be in this and have these conversations. I love my life so much. I love my work, and I love you all. And um, so, yeah, so that's the big announcement. We're going to start with two services starting September 18th, 10 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. So what does that mean for you? Um, practitioner ones are developing a prayer ministry and de deepening the prayer ministry, um, which means that there should be two practitioners in each service available to pray with people after service. That's one element of it. And so <clears throat> I really invite you guys to, um, to volunteer for that. It's a really great way to be of service to, you know, the more that you pray with people, the more you affirm the truth for yourself. Uh, it's really a beautiful way that you can support people in the community. So just planting those seeds, you'll learn more. Uh, you'll hear more about that coming soon. And without further ado, I'd like to just open up the space now, Craft Ones, for you to share with the group something you've learned through this process, uh, a big takeaway, something you're grateful for because of the practitioner program. And we invite the Craft 2s and Craft 3s to just listen with an open heart and um, then we'll, have, we'll take a minute for uh, the other practitioners just to share gratitude for the other practitioners and crack ones. But till then, practitioner ones, the circle is open. Anything you'd like to share with the group? Any reflections or thoughts? I happen to know you guys intimately, and I know that not one of you is really that shy. And also, when given the opportunity, I know that most of you will take that opportunity to talk. <laughs> so, okay, fine, Justin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I did want to go first. But, um, I just, I think, I've been trying to language this right, and I think it's going to kind of echo some of the stuff we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I think for me, it just, it finally brought me to a place in my life of where I'm okay, not only being vulnerable at times, but also showing that vulnerable and just meeting people who, um, that I can reach out to and get support from uh, with no hesitation and, and vice versa, that there, there are people that I hope feel like they can reach out to me as well. And I think that there's just great strength that came from that of like, of being able to stand in that that there are moments where you feel unsure or vulnerable or whatever, and to have a brother or a sister there that can just echo to you the truth that you already know, but just to like 
remind you of it sometimes because, you know, there are those moments where you do kind of forget. And I'm just so grateful for, I mean, I don't want to single anyone out. So I'm just going to say everybody. But, um, but yeah, there's just, that's just been the biggest thing for me is like getting these tools and putting these tools into practice because I think I really danced with them for a lot of years. And it wasn't until doing this program that um, I became uh, more focused on the the importance of a daily practice and a, a daily check-in with myself. Um, so that's the thing I think I, I'm one of the biggest things I'm taking away from this. Beautiful. Does anyone else have anything you'd like to share? Any gratitude, any takeaways you'd like to share at the group level? One of the things that I sort of took away from the program is that there will be some stuff that um, there was some stuff that really spoke to me and there was some stuff that material that we were reading that I didn't really connect with and that, um, you know, just to... I really appreciated the stuff that I really connected with. And when there was a book where I didn't resonate with, I was just like, okay, well, this isn't the one, but, you know, I'm still going to give it, like, the attention that it needs. Um, So to be okay with that process of if there is material that is being covered that you're not, like, that into, uh, to just be open with that. Um, I think the one big thing that I did take away from it is you know, I also got what I put in. So the amount of effort that I put into something in one book or whatever, I, I kind of got more in return for sure. But that that's a big thing is when my life was kind of crazy or busy as most of our lives tend to be. And when I couldn't give something as much attention, you know, it's sort of, um, you know, kind of gave back the same amount. Um, One of my biggest takeaways is definitely like the connection with everyone on the call because it just felt that the people that were in the practitioner program kind of understood specifically how life was unfolding, applying these principles. And, you know, they, they sort of, kind of communicated in a different vernacular than my friends that weren't in the program because they knew what I was trying to do. So that support and building and deepening those relationships was, I think, essential and key in my development. Beautiful. This is Chris. I, For me, I think that the what I've really taken away from the program is, A, it went by really fast. I can't believe that uh, it's already been the two years when I got the notification um, this week, like the exact date. Um, but uh, as far as the information that we studied, um, I've really been f- reflecting on the different books and the different um, things that we studied. And what I've really kind of rem- reminded myself that they're tools and there were specific 
things that were really pivotal in my spiritual growth. Um, some of them from books, some of them from just like the, you know, maybe a class or just conversation um, that really I was using during a certain time in my life while the class was going on. And what I've rem reminded myself is that these are tools. And so sometimes with tools, we kind of, we use them and then we, we put them down. And um, for me, it's been helpful to revisit some of those really pivotal, pivotal turning points in my life, the, the tools that I was using, um, that they're available to me now. And, and even if it's a book to like look back in that book and refresh my memory of, of what it was that I was using, um, they're, they're like tangible, the tangibleness of those tools. So that's kind of something that I really appreciated and have been thinking about a lot lately. Beautiful. Do any of the ladies from the program have anything they'd like to share? This is Amina. I I can't even begin to to share the impact that this program has had on me, but just um, in short to say how deeply grateful I am to you, Jesse, and to the community, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to really deeply live the practices and the principles and to work towards applying spiritual law and what I've been thinking about lately is applying it consistently and universally throughout my life and in every area of my life and knowing that it's possible and um and i'm just i'm so grateful for the people who have been in this class with me and who are in prac 2 and 3 i've learned so much from each of you and i'm so grateful for the bond that we share and the love and support that we offer to each other and to the inspire community as a whole and i just um have loved this time so thank you. Yes. Yeah, I've been uh, hesitant to speak because it, there's it just there's it seems like I could go on forever. There's been so much um, good that I've gleaned from the experience of being part of this collective and. Uh, but I will say, um, and I believe it's just sort of a, uh, a reiteration of of what some people have already said. There is a um, I've spent most of my life in serious spiritual practice, but I love that this has been um, an experience that's really wanted me, uh, or really made me want to um, deepen that even more and. And not in some sort of superficial way, but in a way that really is applicable to every single area of my life. It's, as Amina said, to, to think of it with a, a sense of true universality. And, um, you know, I think a, a lesson that I've carried with me as an artist all of these years is the way in which one discipline 
always winds up feeding another uh, in terms of creative expression. And, you know, in, in art as it is in life, it's very true with this as well in spiritual practice. I find that so much of what we've discussed together, um, what we've been willing to explore together is speaking to um, every corner of my existence. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Beautiful. Well, we have a few moments before Reverend Candice calls in, and I'd like to open it up to the other practitioners. Um, and if there's any uh, words of gratitude or acknowledgement that you'd like to offer one of the practitioner ones, uh, some of you may not have that much experience with them, but others I know do. And um, so if you do have something that you'd like to share, just a shout out, now it's your opportunity. Love them up. Hi, this is Martha. I just want to thank all of you, the first set of practitioners that gave your yes. Um, It's been an honor to meet each and every one of you, and I feel very blessed. I've learned from each and one of you, and um, you've all been a part of my own growth and happiness and a better life to spiritualize and to have a spiritual family it's been amazing and i just want to thank you and um uh sending you blessings and just i want to tell you guys i love you guys and just thank you for your yes because it's made a difference in my own life Hey, this is Hacker. Well, I just want to say congratulations and thank you to the FIRST program for setting the foundation. For everyone else that is doing the practitioner program now, I feel that it's becoming uh, more and more structured and challenging and close to the truth of what the practitioner program wants to be. And you guys are setting the foundation, so thank you for that. Hey, it's Brandon. I just wanted to say thank you, as Martha said, for your yes. Um, You know, I only had a couple months knowing a handful of you before I decided to say yes. But those couple months were very, very, very pivotal. Pivotal because, um, like, in my mind, I'm like, how do I know that this is going to be worth it? Like, how do I know that this commitment is going to be worth it? And I got to see people like Amina and Patsy and Sushant, people that I really respected and, you know, kind of wanted what they had with, you know, their serenity and their, um, you know, centeredness. And you kind of paved the way because I don't know if I would have said yes had there not been such a solid group before me and such a new thing that we were doing at Inspire. So, yeah, thanks. Beautiful. Well, it's 11 a.m., and I have one last announcement uh, before we... Uh, Reverend Candace, are you on the call? Oh, that's her. I think she's talking in right now. 
Just take Good a morning. second. Good morning, Reverend Candace. Good to have you here. Uh, I just have one last announcement for the practitioners, and then we're going to hand it over to you. Um, the last announcement, guys, is that February uh, 2nd through the 5th, please mark that on your calendars now, that's our practitioner retreat, practitioner retreat. And uh, it's going to be in San Bernardino uh, at a, a campground, a campsite thing. They have a cabin. It's like going to camp like when you're a kid. Uh, but it's really wonderful. Uh, the food is supposed to be really spectacular, um, and everything's catered for us. So we'll have, we don't have to milk. There won't be any cooking, <laughs> and uh, it's a beautiful location uh, with great, really close to Great Heights and by the lake and all the stuff. We'll have our own meeting place and our own sleeping cabin bunks and stuff like that, and everything all together for. Uh, let me see: Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon. Uh, Meals included is $200, which is unreal. So uh, it's half of what it was last year. And um, so this is part of the course. It's part of the requirement for PRAC 2s and PRAC 3s. So please mark that on your calendar. And it's really helpful if you can um, either make your deposit or pay in full uh, very soon because in order to secure that time, I have to give them 25% of the overall cost. And so when you make your deposit, that gives me the resources to do that. And then we can um, make sure that we have all that space. And more, uh, more details will come down the pipelines as we get closer to the actual event. So September, uh, February 2nd through the 5th, we'll start, I think we start with, um, we'll get there probably around 4 o'clock and we'll the official retreat will begin with dinner on Thursday. And then we'll do something that evening, and then we'll have two full days of practice and work and uh, connection and activities, and then Sunday we'll end with a service, celebration service and gratitude circle. Um, and then PRAC 1s, you get six hours of your continued education. Your, uh, it's, uh, you have 12 um, hours for your continued education a year that you have to continue to maintain your license and your certification. So uh, if you'd like to join us, that counts as six of your hours. Easy, fun way to plug in. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, we I am so happy and honored to let you, to share my Reverend Candace with you. Uh, I'm sure some of you were there. Most of you, a lot of you were there for the ordination service a couple of weeks ago when Reverend, uh, when we got to ordain Reverend Candice. Uh, that was the last service we had before we put the new AC unit in. <laughs> so it was a ordination service and sweat lodge experience, which is really powerful. <laughs> um, and uh, so Reverend Candice has been, I'll let her share a little bit about uh, her experience with Agape, but she's been um, a, a huge, huge champion of Inspire from the get-go and a champion of me from the get-go. She's supported me through so many challenging experiences. Her insight, experience, wisdom, and commitment to spiritual principle has been a solid anchor for me as I continue to go forward, sometimes 
um, with great hesitation, but I kept going forward. And to be honest, her faith in me, her faith in Inspire, helped me move forward so many times. And I think that her life is um, a beautiful demonstration of what is possible when you allow spiritual principle to um, make your decisions for you. She uh, is powerful. She is compassionate. She is gifted in many ways. And I think everything she touched pretty much turns to gold. And so I'm glad that she's putting some of her energy and effort with us. And you're going to, if you're taking the, uh, if you're going to enroll in the ministerial licensing program, which we'll we'll have a lot of information coming out of that in the next month, uh, you'll probably get another opportunity to work closely with Reverend Candace. She's helping design that, and I believe she'll be um, helping teach in some of that. So, Reverend Candace, welcome. Good to have you here. Thank you. And since we have our first graduating class, I thought that it would be great, Reverend Candace, if you could speak on what it means to you to be a practitioner, what a practitioner is, not just in a spiritual community or as a spiritual teacher, but in life, in relationships at work, in the world, and um, offer any insights or thoughts that you have that might support all of us in being stronger practitioners. And then we'll open up the group for questions and answers um, after you feel complete with your share. So I give it to you. The circle is yours. Wonderful. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and grateful to be on this call with all of you. I don't know how many I'm on the call with, but I'm excited. <laughs> You're on the call with about 22 people. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, first of all, I give the credit and the glory to God, and I'm I'm grateful to be with you this morning. Um, I do love Inspire. What Jesse said is true. I've loved it from the beginning. I'm so happy for the community, and I'm so happy for each one of you who've decided to step forth into a greater expression of yourself and your life. Uh, it is really an honor and a privilege uh, and a responsibility in becoming a practitioner. And I, it has blessed my life in ways that uh, probably can't be articulated. Um, I'm now in my 18th year um, serving as a practitioner. And uh, it's just such a, I was, I was reflecting on that this morning on how amazing and wonderful life has unfolded even with the challenges um, by my becoming a practitioner because what happens is as we are willing to do the inner work on ourselves, you know, consistently on a regular ongoing basis, um, life does just get better and better. And what I find is that first and foremost, you know, being a practitioner is really um, a body of consciousness. It's a body of awareness uh, that we have that it will carve out a groove uh, inside of your soul, inside of your mind, inside of your heart, uh, which is very, very important. And that groove is carved through the spiritual practice and the dedication that we have to that calling. And I just think that we are um, blessed at a level that is so amazing by saying yes to becoming a practitioner because we are the movers and shakers of the world. We, We truly are because... We know principle, you know, to be able to live in principle, which means that, you know, there is a consistent presence uh, 
there's a consistent divine intelligence, a life, a love, a power, a beauty, a creativity, a wonder. Whatever our mind frames around the presence of God, we are it. And becoming a practitioner means that we own that. Uh, we accept that. We it, it becomes a mandate for us. And so as we move through our life, you know, with the changing times and challenges that we all face individually and collectively, what we notice is that even in the, you know, the challenging times, we're rooted in something bigger than our smaller selves. And so for myself personally, whenever I've had a real life challenge or something difficult um, to move through, um, I do it faster and I do it quicker and I do it easier uh, because I'm a practitioner, because I have something to lean into. I have a principle on which I can rely at any moment and any time. And even if my humanness uh, is faltering, what what happens is this presence kicks in and says, now wait a minute, let's have a new conversation about this. Let's have a different thought about this. And so what I believe is being a practitioner really is practicing the presence of God or the presence of life or the presence of love, consistently and ongoingly, so that it shows up. And, and by the way, it does show up in every area of your life, in, in all of your you know, relationships, in your, the affairs, your body of affairs. And so for myself, you know, my, everything that I do is spiritualized by this presence, this, this practice that I am in. And I get to practice seeing the truth, knowing the truth, being the truth. And that is always what, you know, is a, it's a guiding uh, lamp, I would say. It's a guiding light for me. And then, you know, it's fun because we, I have, you know, colleagues that uh, I serve with, and I will be serving with some of you as well at some point. And so what we get to do for one another is hold each other in the highest and buoy each other up, celebrate with one another, we get to share our insights, our revelations, the things that are moving forward in our lives. When we have a challenging moment, we get to share that. We get to get prayer. We get to get moved out of uh, wherever we feel stuck. And so I can't say enough about it. I do believe that practitioners are the movers and shakers on the planet because we hold the high watch. We know the truth. We know that there's more love in this world than hate. We know there's more peace in this world than there is war. There's so much good in this world. And that is something that keeps me motivated every single day. And I ask myself, you know, Spirit, how can I be a better delivery system for this good that wants to come out? Because we all, I, I think that's been one of the most important things that's been carved out in my own awareness is, and it's not something that I have to convince myself of with my human mind. I know that life is for me. I know that God is a presence that prospers me in every single area of my life. It has it has motivated me to become uh, better as a human being, to become more excellent in the work that I do, to become more devoted to the service that I'm in, to become more humbled at all of the things that happen to me, um, to be more willing to grow, to change, to, you know, take a look at myself from time to time and see where I'm at and see where what might need to fall away uh, and what I might need to embrace. It it's just been um, 
a wonderful, wonderful blessing. And so, you know, in my own life, it's impacted, you know, my relationships and my with my own family of origin. It obviously has impacted my relationships with clients that I work with, um, both in and out of ministry. Uh, it's impacted how I uh, conduct my own life um, and and affairs. I want to be mindful about certain things and uh, so that I can be a good steward of what the Spirit has given me and to be a beneficial presence on the planet. And so it's a really exciting uh, time that you're in right now. Each one of you is stepping up to a greater version of yourself, and you cannot believe the amazing things that are going to unfold for you. And, you know, we are the ecclesiastical arm, and so this is a, each one of you are critically important to the success and the growth of Inspire Spiritual Community because you are the example in the community. You get to shine and share and serve. You get to give someone a word up when they need it. You get to uh, help facilitate, help um, you know the activities of the church unfold with excellence, uh, bringing people in, allowing them to know that they are loved unconditionally, that we support one another, that we see one another, and so. You know, and I know this. You know, I know Reverend Jesse absolutely leans into your consciousness because we as ministers always do lean into the consciousness of the practitioner core. And it is very, very important uh, because you're the foundation and the bedrock. And so I think that, you know, being a practitioner is so many things, but first and foremost, it's a blessing. Uh, it, it, um, and, and it will sustain you. It will sustain you when times are challenging or difficult again. Um, you know, my inner voice for, for myself, if I've gone south, uh, it, it lets me know fairly quickly, and it tells me to get up and move on. And that's the other thing I've gleaned over time. And if I could share anything at a personal level with each one of you, you know, be loving with yourself. Practice that first and foremost. It will make you a better practitioner, and then when you do feel like you've made a boo-boo or you've been out of alignment or anything like that, you're up and moving again. We pick ourselves up, we dust ourselves off, and we begin again. And it's just so exciting and so wonderful and such a blessing to be in community together, in spiritual community, to have fellow practitioners hold us up. And in my own case, my practitioner and I have been, you know, prayer partners for umpteen years, and whenever I'm out of whack, he will he will speak the word for me. And if he thinks that I'm you know, out of whack in a different way, he will call me out. <laughs> and I, I feel really honored and blessed because that's helped me grow exponentially. So if if I could just, you know, anything at all today that I'm offering with each one of you is to just dive into this wholeheartedly and whole-souled. Uh, my life has been an unfolding miracle that I could have never, ever imagined. Um, I I can't begin to tell you what a blessing it's been by my saying yes to this calling. And uh, and I'm just beginning, and that's how I feel every day. I'm just beginning life every day. And so it's exciting for me. Um, I'm, I'm grateful, I'm honored, I'm humbled, and I think that you're going to find uh, being able to serve in this way and do this work and the clients that you're going to be counseling, the people that you're going to be praying for, the visits that you're going to make to people who are really in need, uh, the fellowship and the camaraderie that you're going to be engaged in with one another, 
uh, together is going to bless your life in ways untold. That's what I have to say to you this morning. Wow, all right, supercharged. (laughs) That's me, Reverend Jesse. Truth is the truth. Well, let me ask you a question. I have, I, have, I have a question for you before we open up the group. What's been your biggest challenge as a practitioner? My biggest challenge, I, I would have to say, Jesse, was more in the beginning of my being a practitioner since I've been at this so long now. But uh, I think in the very beginning, I uh, I tended to uh, maybe overserve. I I didn't. Uh, listen as well as I learn to listen inwardly, um, and so I might, you know, be serving in, you know, five ministries instead of two. So that would, is what I would say is listening to the inner guidance as to when to rest and when to really kind of, you know, say yes. So I say yes now, uh, but I say yes with a higher, you know, vibration of uh, in my consciousness about what I'm saying yes to serving and what particular ministry because, you know, find the ministry that you really, that really resonates and moves um, with you. So I would say that's what my biggest challenge has been. It's not a challenge anymore at all, though, because I've, as you know, I've just given over and I'm enjoy to do everything that I'm asked to do. For some of the practitioners, you know, participating in spiritual community is actually new. It's a new experience. And what would you say is the most why why do you feel called to serve in spiritual community, and what has serving in spiritual community brought to you? Uh, it's brought me everything i I have thought about this a lot whenever I've gone through moments of not wanting to quote unquote do the work or there have been moments of just sheer laziness or any of that, um, I've always come back to, wait a minute, Candace, but wait a minute. And the wait a minute is to really have a thought about what life would be without spiritual community. I can't even imagine it. So I'm choosing to do this consciously because it blesses my life in every single area, and I want to remain connected. It's just like a muscle. You know, if you go to the gym and you work out, then you have strong muscles. And if you don't, then they atrophy and and you don't get the benefit. So being a practitioner and being in community is everything to me because it keeps me active, it keeps me interested in serving, and my life just gets better. It just gets better and better and better. And so I want to to remain very connected to that connection, and I do that through the service that I do. So you know, being in community together, and then there's a there's a groove, as I said earlier, that's carved out in your consciousness, and I'm in joy when I show up in spiritual community and see my fellow practitioners. I love us. I love, I love us. I think that we are, because I know that I'm not in this walk alone. I know I'm serving with fellow people who have also been taught the same principles that I have been taught, and to be able to to um, be in community together is just, it's, it's a joy untold for me because uh, when, I'm, when, I'm, when things are, you know, great and I'm super happy and enjoy, I get to celebrate that with other people or the, uh, the other practitioners get to celebrate their joy with me. Uh, likewise, when I'm having a challenging moment or I'm sad or in sorrow or having an upset, 
I get to share that and transform that and transmute that with my fellow practitioners. So um, being in spiritual community together is is so you know wonderful because we get to watch each other, and I mean with that inner eye as well as the outer eye. We get to watch one another uh, develop, and we get to watch each other unfold. I will say that that's been probably the number one motivating factor that has kept me interested all of these years is I watch my fellow practitioners get better and better and better and watch new breakthroughs and insights happen to them in their lives and you know new opportunities and so it's been a real motivating um presence for me and it says to me you get to do the same for other people so um community is critically important um and you know when when times are good and when times are challenging we are there with one another and i always know that the practitioners have my back. And I lean into practitioner consciousness in community um, every day, as a matter of fact. I lean into the core every single day because um, it just it makes a big difference. You know, it's like we're one with the spirit and we're one with one another. And so I, I can't say enough how important it is to, and what an honor it is and a joy it is to be able to serve, you know, together in community. Very last question, um, because uh, most people don't know this actually in the practitioner program. You know, we're we're reestablishing our board of directors, and we've created um, a multi-level structure. One of which, at the top tier of it, is an advisory council, and Candace is serving on our advisory council. Um, and Candace, as a as a gay woman, as an LGBT um, person in the LGBT community. Q community and as a member of our advisory uh, council and as a minister, an ordained minister to inspire, what do you feel into as far as the trajectory of inspire or could you speak into what you see the value of inspire is in the LGBTQ community, but in the world as well. And what, what the vision is that you feel unfolding and how you'd like to participate. I love Inspire. I think that the community is extremely important, uh, not only in the LGBTQ community, but also in the greater world. But just to speak to the community, as many of you probably know, uh, we need more visible, um, loving, self-loving, powerful, enthusiastic, passionate LGBTQ people to express that in the world because those are qualities, those are the you know principles, and others uh, who are still struggling and suffering need to know that we're okay, that we're more than okay, that we're more than a conqueror, that we get to shine and be our true and real authentic self. So I think that Inspire is critically important in in our community so that it can model and be a shining light for other LGBT people to draw them in and know that they can have a personal, healthy, um, harmonious, congruent relationship with the divine and that they are absolutely perfect and complete just as we are. I also think that uh, in the greater community, being just being, um, we're a point of light, you know, 
Inspire is a point of light that gets to radiate and shine out from it through each one of you, each one of us. We get to shine that out into the local community and into the greater community as a point of light. So there's two things here. There's how we show up in the LGBTQ community as a place of inspiration, as a place of welcoming, as a place of acceptance, as a place of boldly knowing that we are more than okay, just as we are. And then in the larger community as a point of light, as a principle-based community that believes in creating you know, world peace through our individual walk, through uh, expressing, you know, unconditional love and what's right, what's real, and what's true about life. Because, you know, as we say, life is good and life is for us. Now, we have experiences and moments, but life itself is absolutely pristine and perfect. And so as a community, just being able to shine that, to show up and say, I stand for this. I stand for the presence of love. I stand for the presence of acceptance. I stand for the presence of good on this planet. And it's very powerful, extremely powerful in what Inspire can do and the reach it can have through a, you know, a true and a sincere yes. Here, here. I hope I'm answering your questions. Jeff. Oh, baby, are you? I'm sorry not to call you baby, but... Uh... Oh yeah, <laughs> it's more of a yeah, baby. <laughs> I love it. You, I mean, you speak with such clarity and such authority, which is, um, I know, something that we have to develop through having demonstrations in our life. But uh, I'm so grateful to be on the call with someone who just, who just knows it, knows it, doesn't even believe it, knows it, and uh, always, always good to just have a conversation with you. I always leave talking with you, feeling uplifted, inspired, and reminded. And I think that's the greatest gift we get to do with one another as practitioners. So thank you. All right, guys. So I'm going to open up the circle. Now, I invite you to really uh, take advantage of this time that you have with Reverend Candace. She is a wealth of knowledge. She has so much experience. Uh, As you can tell, she speaks with clarity and knowing this. So if you have any questions, any questions about being a practitioner, about the practitioner program, about your spiritual practice, I invite you now to um, uh, plug in to the divine wisdom that's expressing in, as, and through Reverend Candice. The circle is open. Sometimes it takes a moment for the first question to be asked, but <laughs> as soon as it comes out, they, they start they start coming forth. So, uh, Jesse, I have a question. I knew it would be you. Go ahead, Mom. What, what's the question? <laughs> well, I'm very interested. Um, Candace, when you were first called, you know, you started uh, sensing you have a call to be a light worker. Um, in that time in your life, what exactly was going on with you? Uh, well, as many people, we are, to repeat what I've been taught, we are either pulled by vision, typically, or pushed by pain. Uh, my calling, I've had a calling on my heart, honestly, in ministry since I was 14. And I 
Uh, and it actually coincided with a dream that I had that I was a lesbian. I dreamed it, which is how I found out. And so um, I, you know, proceeded to uh, stuff that down as far as I could and to ignore my calling. And I would also say in saying that to anybody on the call to uh, don't ignore your calling. Um, So in my case, uh, when I first came into the teaching, uh, I had come in for reasons of searching and seeking. I had been in pain. I'd had a lot of uh, life's bumps thrown at me, so to speak. Most of them self-created through my own thoughts, though, I will confess. And so that's what initially brought me in. But I knew um, immediately upon coming into spiritual community, I knew a few things. A, I was home. Uh, B, I wanted to uh, explore this thing called practitioner. What was it? How did it? And I was just curious and interested in growing into a better place than I was at at the time. Little did I know how far it would take me. And so that's really kind of where I was at in the very beginning. Uh, But I will say that I dived in pretty early on because I was interested in it and um, I wanted to know more about it. And and mainly I wanted to, um, you know, grow. I wanted to change. And and I think that's also what's kept me motivated in study because when you say yes to becoming a practitioner, you really are saying yes to becoming a lifelong student of yourself, a lifelong student of the practice of the presence of God. And so, um, you know, there's never a time that we all arrive at a certain quote-unquote destination. We're always growing and unfolding. But that's initially what brought me in was some of life's challenge. I was um, invited uh, to, to uh, you know, by friends at the time to, to come in. And so um, I'm sure glad that I said yes to that. But in my case, it was just, to, it was seeking. I was looking for something. Uh, I was looking for a different way of seeing myself and uh, framing some of the life experiences that I had had up to that point. Good. Thank you very much. I appreciate your answer. Well, thank you. Hey, Candace, this is Hector. I have a question for you. Okay. I know that you have a profession outside your practice spiritually. Can you share with me and the team what is your day like in terms of your spiritual practice? how much time do you spend on, and especially what is your practice in the morning when you first wake up? My first practice, Hector, when I wake up is I lay in bed and have a conversation um, with God in the morning. That's my very first thing that I do when I wake up. Um, I lay there and I say thank you for waking me up another day. Um, I'm so, you know, I just have this conversation with myself about how wonderful it is to be alive. And I and I mean that when I tell you guys that. I love life. That's my very first thing. Um, when I get up, I come into my office and I sit. Uh, it's time to meditate in the morning. That's the first thing that I do. I pray as I go into my meditation. 
uh, and I'm still. Stillness is critically important. We have to have it. We have to do it. That's a a non-negotiable thing as a practitioner, as well as prayer. So when I'm meditating, um, when I'm finished with that, I go into my prayer time, and I start saying my prayers. That's the first things that I do in the morning. And in the event that, you know, occasionally sometimes life is such that I can't do that if I'm having to travel or I have to be at the air, you know, then I make time to do that. But that I do every single day. I feel like, honestly, most of my life is, a, it's kind of a, a prayer uh, every day. Uh, and that includes when I'm at, you know, meeting with clients, um, doing other things. Like, I only have one life. In other words, there's not one life over there and one life over here. It's only one life. And so I take all of this with me wherever I am and whatever I'm doing. But that's how my typical morning looks like, is it's gratitude in bed, it's quiet, then it's quiet in meditation and my prayer time before I get going with everything. So I'm up pretty early, you know, each day. Thank you. To to grow on that, and Hector, I, I laughed when you asked that because I was thinking to myself, if, if no one asks a question, I'm going to ask about how she works with her career and then her work as a practitioner and minister. Um, and uh, one thing I'm going to just remind everyone that in this circle that we, um, out of just out of acknowledgement uh, for how Candace is standing in the world, Reverend Candace is standing in the world, that we that we do um, acknowledge her as Reverend Candace when we uh, when we communicate and connect. But I was going to ask you just to build on that question because I think it's really interesting and I think a lot of people have that question is how do you uh, work with or what's your relationship with your the career that you uh, have developed and then your work as a practitioner because I know a lot of people would like to have a career, a professional career as a practitioner and do this uh, healing work, counseling work, coaching work full time and have to sort of work with some stuff that comes up around um, needing to support themselves financially in another area that doesn't necessarily inspire them the way that doing the healing work does. How have you worked with that and um, where are you at with that in your life? Well, that's a good one. Um you know, this is the thing. This is why being a practitioner has made such a difference for me. Um, I would not, I truly believe this. I would not be where I am um, at right now in my life, in my business and professional life, if it had not been for becoming a practitioner. I know that. It has um, impacted all of my relationships. It's impacted um, how I move through the world with my clients because I know something, you see. I know who they are, um, even when they're going through their own um, moments, and they all know who I am, too. They know that I, while I do accounting and business management work, I am a practitioner and a minister. So this means that, and I listen to spirit when I'm, you know, addressing them or having to meet with them or whatever's going on, sometimes um, I, I... you know, I'm led to offer prayer for them. Um, sometimes I'm not. You know, it depends. But but who I am 
is first and foremost a body of consciousness. And so what I do, my vocation, uh, is fueled by who I am. And so my interactions with my clients are wonderful and, and you know, dynamic and powerful. And I'm really fortunate uh, because I have such a wonderful group of people I work with. Uh, but I know that this is what spirit does for us when we say yes to something. So, you know, when I first became a licensed practitioner, I uh, I served um, and counseled people for years. That's what I did, and I still do that. A lot of people don't realize that I, you know, have a a wonderful pra- practitioner clientele as well. Uh, they a lot of people just think of me in business, but I have both, and I've had to learn how to, you know, balance that. It's work life balance because. I am um, a very focused person. I'm a, I'm a busy person, uh, but my, you know, there's equal there's equal service going on, if not more, in the spiritual world than there is in my in my professional life. But both have been impacted, um, you know, tremendously and obviously in my day work by my being a practitioner. Because th- this way, when people are upset, and you know, many of you know who've taken my classes. You know, people get upset all around money and their, the way they frame their life around money and all this other stuff. But because I know that they're spiritual beings first, that we're all connected and interconnected no matter what, that it helps me navigate some of the challenges that people face and to be able to reassure them and to be able to also give them, okay, well, we need to do this and there's a course correction here that needs to happen. I mean, I can have those conversations, but it's the fact that I... I believe that they know that they can rely on on me not just as a professional in that arena but also as somebody who cares about them, who cares about their life, who knows the truth for them if they can't know it for themselves. And so whenever they're in story, uh it just I it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. I'm going to speak to what I know about them spiritually. I'm going to speak to potential. I'm not going to speak to the problem. And so it's made a tremendous difference in, you know, in my professional life. Um, I'm much more confident in the work that I do, uh, having become a practitioner. So when I first came into it, as I said, I did a lot, you know, of counseling, and I, I really worked on that uh, aspect of it. And I also wanted to, um, you know, m- move myself forward in business management. It was a dream that I had always had. So. What I didn't do was say, but, or make it be about one versus the other. I I always say, and, I can do this, and I can do that. Or not, I can do this, but there's that. So uh, it is a wonderful uh, vocation to have, but I'm really clear that it's not uh, who I am. It's what I do. And so, um, yes, it pays, you know, it pays the bills, but I actually love what I do because I love being a practitioner, because I love being of service. That's what fuels me and motivates me in my day-to-day work. I would not be interested, I don't think, in this work at this point in time. You know, I've already achieved what I wanted to achieve. You know, it wouldn't mean as much to me if I weren't serving in a higher capacity. So uh, I think there's a way to... uh, have a career, a bit, you know, a, another career, and be a practitioner. And there's a way of just being 
a practitioner and doing nothing but coaching and counseling. And I have colleagues that do that. So it's different for each person. And I think it's important to, um, you know, allow that to unfold for each for each of you, just to allow it to unfold. That's what I've done. And, you know, if spirit says, okay, turn right over there, I do. If it says go down that path over there and then make a left and then a right, I do. And so it, I haven't had to, like, quote, unquote, make anything happen. I've just uh, watched and allowed it to happen. But uh, it is a work-life balance. I do have to stay present to that uh, so that I'm able to be effective and you know, I want optimal effectiveness and optimal performance in every area of my life. And even in, you know, areas I don't feel like I've attained that, I'm, I want, that's what I desire. And so um, I, and I'm also aware at the same time, you know, not to let the ego tell me that I have to ever make anything happen because we're not doing anything, by the way. <laughs> Spirit is doing all of it. So if I would say, Hector, um, there is a there is a way to do both, and I think that we just have to listen. You have to listen um, to the ways in which you're being compelled forward in your service. But the most important thing is your yes and your willingness and your intention to you know dive off into this profession without knowing exactly where it's going to lead you, but knowing that the outcome is going to be good. Yes, preach. Yes, love that. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Candace, Reverend Candace. Wow. See what I mean, guys? Clarity. <laughs> the circle's still open, guys. I'm encouraging you to take advantage of this wonderful opportunity to work with a pro, a real pro, and um, it's open. Ask your questions. Reverend Candace, this is Amina. I'm so grateful for all of your words of wisdom. And um, I know I'll just speak for myself, but I know it's not uncommon, is um, finding a way to stand confidently as we're embarking on this you know, new journey as a practitioner and teacher. Can you say a little bit about that and kind of cultivating that, knowing that we are ready and that we are capable. Hmm. Wonderful, wonderful question. The yes is critical, um, and you know this is the thing, Amina. You're we're always ready. We're always ready when we have given over. When we've said yes to something bigger, we remember, we don't have to know the how. We just have to know the what. So each of you have cleared out the what. What is it? I want to be a practitioner. That's the what. The how of it, spirit is going to provide. And I would say that dive fully in in every area of you can. That, that means serve, continue to serve, show up uh in a form of service where you're not expecting anything in return but there's just a givingness and you're giving whatever it is that you can give because you can do it. 
and then be around other like-minded people, stay prayed up together, uh, do spiritual study, spiritual fellowship, emulate people that you look uh, up to that are successful in the profession that you want to do, and in this case, becoming you know, a practitioner and being able to counsel and coach people boldly uh, with, you know, an inner conviction and, a, you know, the, the things that God has given to you. Those are the things you want to cultivate. And so part of what we're doing is we're learning more about ourselves and our infinite capacities. What's really in me that wants, and, and you know, find books on that, find material on that listen to others, you know, that's what I would say. Immerse yourself as much as you can because, see, what will happen is that will take over and then you'll watch the outer part change. If we sit there and think in our mind, well, how am I going to do this and what am I going to do? And we get into that, that confusion in mind won't give us the answer. But if we say, okay, today, you know what, I'm going to show up and serve. I have no agenda other than to be a beneficial presence and to serve the presence of God, then there's double benefits there because you're doing it without any attachment and the ego's getting to be able to burn off a little bit more. And then, you know, you listen to people that really motivate you. You uh, ask questions. Uh, that's what I've done. You know, I've the, the, the people that I have heard that really inspire me, that have really been examples I said, you know, I want to do that too. I want to become that as well, but not to um, not to copy them, but just to develop those qualities in myself. So I'm always looking at other um, people who have a high conversation. I'm watching their life. And I always say, and I believe this to the core of me, we all teach each other every day. And we teach by what we say and don't say and what we do and don't do. So I would say to you to just uh, avail yourself to every opportunity that you can to learn and grow in this profession and in this field uh, through others that are successful at it um, and that are um, effective with people. This is the other thing, effectiveness. And, you know, sometimes we, we don't know who we're impacting. So we have another opportunity to be effective every single day. That's kind of how I look at being a practitioner. Um, But specifically, you know, in terms of being able to counsel and being able to pray with people, being able to serve in the community, um, I would just say to be be and remain active, uh, get your spiritual education, you know, talk to other people that, uh, are successful at what it is you're trying to to uh, do in your life and then be aware that God is going to move it through you and bring it to you, through you, as you, in your own unique way. And then that it becomes your walk in God and it's uh, and success will, it will hunt you down and track you down and chase you down by the scruff of the neck. That's what I know. Thank you. We want to have a high and holy conversation with ourselves first and foremost. And that's that's the point of me saying that. 
we 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 run to really check our thoughts and when we're having that other conversation take a deep breath and keep on moving and and reaffirm you know what it is you want mhm Thank you. And I just want to say you are definitely one of those people who have been so inspiring and motivating to me. I just appreciate you so deeply. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Amina. Whatever you see, it's in you. (laughs) That's why you're seeing it. I was about to say that I really find you to be so good looking. Reverend Candice, um, on that note, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just just stunning. (laughs) Um, What's the most important ministry in in a church, in a spiritual community, and why? Hmm. Most important ministry in a spiritual community and why? Well, again, my answering that, it's probably going to be more of something personal to me than it might be for some of the listeners. Okay, um, how, about, how about top three in your experience for a healthy spiritual community? How about that? Um, prayer ministry, um, pastoral care. Um, I think the uh, and the and I would say the financial ministry. I you know, uh, prayer ministry. You know, the, the church must be undergirded in prayer and meditation. It just it just must be. And and I can't say enough uh, about the prayer ministry. Uh, it's the most important thing, and it's the most important thing that we stay in an active prayer life uh, within ourselves um, every day, all day, and with others as well. Um, that's going to anchor the community in a big way because when we're really practicing and we're praying every day, several times a day, our mind is constantly being renewed, rejuvenated, revitalized, our mind, because we're not praying to change God's mind as we all know, we're changing the way that we see things. We are seeing it rightly as we uh, stay active. So I think the prayer ministry is critical. I also think pastoral care is very, very important because pastoral care uh, addresses the needs of the community um, from families to those who are shut in to those who are having health challenges. I think those are uh, very important ministries. And I also think that the, uh, you know, financial ministry, the count ministry, whether that's the people that actually count the tithes or the people who fundraise, the people who vision, you know, that that keeps the church strong and and they're very they're very distinct things, but they're all critically important in spiritual community. Um and to let people know that they can come and turn in uh and receive prayer at any time. Uh that people are willing to pray for them and um, that's another thing you can't imagine the blessings that happen when you are open, receptive, and available to being able to pray with people. And then, you know, when you get to show up and do a visitation for somebody or bring them something that they might need or um, 
see the financial progress of the community. So uh, meaning like possibly, you know, in some cases it could be a different, a bigger space. It could be uh, purchasing an item that the community really needs to, you know, uh, attract more people or up-level itself. So I think all three of those are very, very important um, ministries and community. They're all important, really. I mean, uh, I just I just find that I've always been uh, very drawn and attracted to those uh, three, and I see the need for all of them. But prayer is, you know, prayer is, it's the backbone of the community. And practitioners are the backbone of the community because we pray. Beautiful. Well, we definitely have time for another question. So let's open up the group. Some of you may know this, others may not. Reverend Candice is a um, financial expert, expert in finance and personal finance and business finance. She teaches classes on um, financial freedom, very powerful classes, and they've grown. And I think the, how many people were in the last class you taught at Agape? Uh, 23. Great. That's great. And um, And I shared this with you because I know a lot of people one of the most uh, common challenges people have and a, a question that people have a lot of questions, uh, topics that people have a lot of questions around is finance, is prosperity, is abundance. And um, and uh, what, in spiritual community, we, talk, we, we, teach, we teach tithing. We talk about tithing. And it's also a, <clears throat> can be a very um, heated topic. Right now we've started... The, the process in the pack threes, we're reading the book, uh, Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity by Doing Gains. Um, we've just started that. And so the conversation obviously begins with tithing with the Dwayne. And um, maybe you could share a little bit about the uh, your experience with tithing or what you have seen to be successful as far as keeping a spiritual community strong and what practitioners can do to support themselves and support the community uh, in that capacity, and healing relationships with finance, and taking away the myth that money is not spiritual, and all that good kind of stuff. I know that's a class into its own, but you know we have some yeah. time, and it's an interesting topic. Well, money's spiritual. There's not. There's. It's never. There's nothing outside of spirit. Uh, but I. But I know that we. A lot of us have had. You know false beliefs around money uh, because people have, you know, misused scriptures. Uh, you know, for example, the love of money is the root of all evil, but that scripture, uh, it says it's for the love of it, you know, placing that before God. God has to be number one. Um, but, of course, 
you know, we've seen bad examples of people who have, you know, misused that. So in spiritual community, and we are a principle-based teaching, so New Thought, you know, we know that there is plenty of prosperity and abundance out there, and it's how do we work with it in our own individual lives. And I, I have to say, folks, I'm a big believer in tithing, and here's, here's why. Now, the infinite presence of all good that I call God, that has created the heavens and the earth, the universe and beyond what we can see, doesn't need a dime from us. It is has everything already. But God, this presence that animates you, that wakes you up every day without your asking, that gives you every divine idea that you have, that gives you health in your body, temple, great relationships, the ability to grow, develop, and unfold the ability to change. All that God is is your silent partner. The Spirit loves you and me unconditionally. It is always giving us, uh, you know, its its nature is givingness. And so um, it doesn't, quote, unquote, need, but I want to know, I want to remember when things are really great, Uh, I want to remember that I have this silent partner. So I tithe when things are quote-unquote not good and when things are quote-unquote great because I want to always remember that it is not me of myself that's doing anything at all. That everything that I am receiving, achieving, attaining, it is God doing it. And I know that. I do know the difference. Um, Candace, it's not Candace of herself. She does nothing. And so I'm a big believer in tithing. Now, when I first came into the teaching, I was cheap and stingy, and I didn't tithe, and then I had a very small life. And uh, I didn't make the correlation for a long time. I would hear from the pulpit. I would hear Reverend Edwin Gaines and others and speak, and I've read her book, and, and I just you know wasn't ready to dive in yet. And Finally, one day, I was kind of bemoaning stuff to myself, and and it just said to me, well, look at what you're giving. And that's what the voice said, well, look what you give. And it really it was like, oh, oh, okay, hmm. So I began to, you know, and I kind of was a skeptic in the beginning. I'll just confess that. So I thought, well, let me just see. I, I'm going to prove and see if this really, if this stuff really works or not, or if it's just made up. So I began a diligent, uh, sincere attempt to tithe, and boy, did it change my life. Um, so I don't, I don't. Uh, that is unequivocal for me. I don't. That doesn't. Um, tithing for me is a mandate uh, because I believe and know what it has done for my life. This isn't something I have to convince anybody of. I just watch the evidence. I just watch the evidence. I'm a generous person, and people are generous with me, and I am in a constant flow of generosity. And that that is true, by the way, for each of us, whether it's showing up in the form of money, substance, or some other way. Um, and so my tithe is not something that... Um, mm, that I have a conversation about like, oh, you know, I can't do it this month or, you know, I really want to put the money over there and go do that this month. That I don't have that conversation anymore. I treat um, my, you know, my tithe is giving back to the silent partner, which is God, which is my life. 
and so that the place that blesses me spiritually can do the work that we're here to do because the community needs to be supported. We do need money to pay for the expenses, and I want to make sure that the community is well supported by all that it's given to me so freely over the years. I could never repay, by the way. My my life must be the only repayment I can offer because uh, God has been too generous with me uh, through allowing me the honor of knowing other like-minded people and being able to serve. So um, I don't mince words about, um, you know, tithing and prosperity. I think that it's a discipline. It's an inner discipline um, that yields dividends that you can't even count. So I treat it like, you know, you know, if you want me to be very practical, it's, you know, you have a car payment and you have a credit card payment and you have to pay rent and you have to tie. That's how I treat it for myself. It's it's a it's the most it is the bill for lack of a better word that is most joyful for me to write the check for. Uh so uh I don't um and you know as Reverend Edwin uh Gaines and that's a great book by the way uh Jessie that's a wonderful book everyone's going to love that book. And she talks about her own story with that and how she um you know came to work with um, tithing and tithing 10%. But for me, uh, it's that I want that silent partner. I I give back first. I have to give back to the place, person, place, and thing that blesses me and feeds me spiritually, that sees me when I didn't see myself, that held me up and said a prayer for me when I was down in the dumps, that saw the highest and best for me when I was complaining and all those, you know, areas of coming in pretty... um, ragged. And so I again I I couldn't uh repay it enough. It's very important. And you'll you'll watch your life change. You'll watch yourselves change inwardly. Because this is the other thing. Remember we're limitless beings. And so if it's a money challenge that you're having, get still. Listen to all the divine ideas that the spirit wants to do through you. You know, and there's so much infinite opportunity. Don't listen to the naysayers about you can't make a very wonderful living doing whatever it is you do and becoming practitioners and seeing people and coaching people and counseling people and teaching people. You absolutely can be blessed and prospered in that work. There is no question about it. And so you'll get to the success quicker through your tithing. That I know for sure. One last question on tithing. How did you prevent yourself from developing a superstitious relationship with it? Well, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not really interested in having a superstitious relationship with anything. I I believe this, you know, there's just so much evidence to me of prosperity. And so it is much more than money. It's the intention with which we give. It's why we're doing it. If you're giving just to get, then that's that's the wrong motivation. You know, I mean, I've watched my life be blessed, and I have an expectation of good that can show up in any number of ways. Uh, but I'm when I give, when I tithe, I have to 
do it from a pure place inside myself um, or I'm limiting my own blessing. In other words, to give and expect nothing in return. I'm not expecting anything, you know, any specific thing. I don't, I don't have a personal agenda about, about tithing. But for me personally, I believe that my life, the flow in my life moves better uh, in general in every area when I give. So when I give my service, when I give my talent, when I give my treasure, um, I feel better about flow in my own life. And I've watched the evidence of that. Um, But we don't want to have a superstitious belief around it. We don't want to give to get either. That's, you know, if, if each of us will contemplate in our own heart and in our own consciousness about how giving God really is, that it's just saying yes all of the time to each one of us through, you know, every the deep desires of our heart. Um, that's the motivation by where we want to tithe and give back uh, to community. It's based on the unlimited nature of the givingness of God. And so uh, to be able to do it just from pure gratitude, just like just in a pure thank you uh, is is the right motivation to give. So um, that's that's principle, you know, that's living in principle, not living in a story or a superstition. Beautiful. So I'm going to experiment with something that's a little, um, not that we used to, unlike what we usually do in an open format. I'm going to call upon one practitioner from each group to ask a question. And um, so if there's anything, it doesn't have to be around tithing or anything that we've talked about before, but anything you'd like to ask Reverend Candice, um, you can see how precise she is. It comes from experience and, um, and just knowing this. But uh, this is your opportunity to, to ask these questions. So we're going to start with practitioner one. And I'm going to invite Sushant to ask Reverend Candice a question. Hey, Reverend Candice. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I did take your class on prosperity, which was really, really good. Um, And the one thing that I definitely took away from it, I think I've shared it with you, is when you said that the reason why you give is it's your way of saying thank you for the life and the energy that flows through you and works in your life. So I always remember that, um, always. So thank you for that. Hmm. My my question is, you know, I feel like all of us have had, like, moments where we've been, like, really down and out where things might just feel really dark. And you referenced this before that you can either come through this path uh, where you're dragged to it or you make a conscious decision. So I was just wondering if you could share about something in your life which, you know, uh, to the extent that you can, that, you know, you were sort of, quote-unquote, brought to your knees and, uh, you know, sort of a shift in perspective that happened through that. Hmm. 
Wow. Um, well, I have had many, many things um, happen in my life uh, when I was younger that caused me a lot of um, confusion and upset. And um, most of it was around my being a lesbian. And uh, when I first came into this teaching, I had uh, come away from a very uh, difficult and traumatic experience a few years prior. Um, and to be specific, um, I think, I mean, I could go on and on and on about different stuff, but it would just be a story at this point. But uh, I had challenges um, when I went to college, I was kicked out of college for being a lesbian. Um, and this, the laws were very different back in those days. Um, and the same thing happened to me later when I went into my law enforcement. It was one of my early careers of being a police officer um, and having it not be okay to be a lesbian. And so I went through a very public um, case with the, the police department in my hometown. And... Um, after that experience, because it was such a public uh, form of humiliation, uh, I drank uh, and drugged for a few years. That I medicated for a few years after that uh, experience in the uh, mid '80s, and so uh, then I eventually I knew that wasn't my lot to do that stuff. But that, and I came to understand that that's what I was doing was just covering up and masking all the pain that I'd had around uh, being a lesbian, being different. And so uh, when I, you know, finally reached what I would call my bottom, uh, I was introduced to a a practitioner. And I went and had a session with her and remember it vividly as if it were yesterday. Uh, I think it was in 1993 because it completely uh, and utterly changed my life. And so um, she was the one who originally kind of modeled something for me, and eventually she would said, you know, there's a community that that I think you would benefit from going to. And so by then I was more uh, ready after I had been seeing her for uh, a period of months. But that's what really brought me in. I was kind of just, uh, you know, pushed by the pain, but what I learned early on, and I got this really early, was so powerful for me, was that even though I had gone through those very traumatic experiences, what I got in terms of the principle of this teaching, which we say our thoughts create our reality, and of course, we're we're at a stage now where we can say that we know that we're talking about the thoughts that have connected in the gut as belief systems. That's what really creates our reality because that then becomes the law of our life. And so the law that was operating in my life was that I was a worm of the dust and the wretch undone, so to speak, and that um, I had sort of shed my belief in a place called hell uh, because certainly I had been living in it. I didn't need to go to it. I was already in it. Um, And one of the things I grasped early on was that my thoughts had really created a lot of what had happened to me. I mean, it it certainly not not caused those things that happened outside of myself, but 
but my uh, feeling less than and unworthy uh, had led me into a variety of thought patterns that were very negative and unhealthy. And when I saw this particular practitioner, she had shared with me after I had told her all these stories, and then they did this to me, and then this happened to me, and then this, and then that, and on and on and on I went. And very lovingly, she just looked at me after a while and said, well, honey, you can forgive yourself now. And I kind of thought that I'd heard something else, and I said, no, you don't understand. They did that to me. And she said it again. Well, it's okay. You can you can let that go now. You can forgive yourself. And I had a complete pop in that moment of realizing that I had a lot of power in me that had been being used in a in a manner that wasn't beneficial to my life. And so um, that would be the answer to that. You know, everybody comes into this differently, but if you get any early gleanings and early insights. Um, it will it will keep you going and so um i'm really grateful now that all that stuff happened to me i am i mean i mean that to the core because it led me into this amazing life and i would have never known otherwise i would have kind of maybe had a boring milk toast life <laughs> which i wasn't meant to be to have no you weren't <laughs> Beautiful question. Wonderful question, Sushant. Beautiful answer, Rowan Candice. Okay, Brandon, uh, you're representing Practitioner Twos. Hi, Reverend. Thank you for being on this call with us. I uh, gathered from what you've said and what you've said in the past that you have a very full life and that there's been times where you've needed to figure out which which uh, which opportunities are for you and which are not for you. And I'm at the place in my life where um, which I'm blessed about that I'm, I get asked to do a lot of things. And, you know, four years ago, no one was asking me to do anything. No one was asking me to show up for anything. Um, but, you know, as uh, Reverend Jesse knows that uh, sometimes I can say yes to too much. And so, you know, I was wondering how you, you know, even through prayer and meditation, I'm still not sure sometimes on what the, which is the yes for me or which feels more like self-will and me trying to like manage and do life the way I want to do it, as opposed to which is, you know, just resting in God and going with that flow. So, you know, if you've had experience practicing that, and um, I'd appreciate any insight. Well, are you are you asking Brandon about uh, work-life balance, or I'm just trying to get a little bit more clarity in what? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm in a similar situation, which I uh, I have opportunities to do spiritual work. But I also have a day job that um, I kind of infuse my uh, practitioner training into, and I'm blessed that I have the freedom to do that. But it's still, it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, my calling. And then there's other opportunities that I could really chase after, but I don't know, I don't, I can't determine if they're self-will or God's will. And, you know, 
um, I never, I, I sometimes am challenged by knowing the difference between, you know, what just requires a little bit of work from me and what, where the obstacles are that are actually telling me that that's not the right direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, usually if we're clear uh, about the, our motivations for serving or chasing after or whatever it is we're doing, what is our motivation here? What, you know, and I have to ask myself that all the time. What, you know, because I have said yes to other things and then later, and I'll just share if I can be candid. Um, I served once in a ministry that I was asked to take over. Uh, I've directed many, many ministries, by the way, so, but this was one of them, and it really wasn't knocked out by it. Um, and at the time where I was at in my growth, I didn't have the uh, courage, I would say, or the clarity or the confidence to say no. And so I said yes, and I hated it. And and I I didn't hate the ministry. I just hated that I had said yes to something that I wasn't really thrilled and passionate about. Um, and I did it for I said yes for the wrong reasons. I still tried to do an excellent job, but it was there was an efforting involved. And so when I came to that clarity and finally decided to release that, I was much happier. And I made a promise to myself that I would not do that again. And so we've all made mistakes, and I certainly have, and, you know, we, will, we, we're, we make mistakes, and it's okay. Uh, but I ask myself, what is the, the motivation? And for me, usually when I have a lot of resistance and I don't want to do something, that's typically what I know I must do, um, usually. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and I've learned to be obedient to that because what I'm most afraid of, I have to do it anyway, and what I'm most resistant to, I have to do it anyway, so that I can move past the barriers of why whatever it is that's. Um, and so, that's kind of what I did with with myself. But now I ask myself, what is my motivation for doing this? Um, because really, and and you know, we're always going to have opportunity. Several years ago, um, when I I left one big account that I had and I got hired by a very famous uh, multi-billionaire family or they tried to hire me and I and I was like wow you know boy this will change my life forever and then I'll have this and that and but that wasn't the right motivation but I was tempted but I got still and I got clear and I turned that opportunity down and so that also came, me, my ability to turn that down came from me uh, becoming more mature and not letting, um, you know, an outer bobble, so to speak, uh, tempt me to go and do that uh, because I would not have been happy. And so I've just learned to uh, listen and, and I think ask the right questions and then God gives us the right answers. And sometimes you'll make a mistake, so don't you know? Don't worry about that. But just try to be very clear about what your intentions are for what it is you want to do. Thank you. That was exactly what I need to hear. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. <laughs> so good. What was that part again about if you there's resistance, that's what you know you need to move through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I hope. Uh, I feel like everyone that knows 
that was said for them knows it was said for them. <laughs> and you'll be getting a call from me soon. <laughs> All right. All right. So practitioner threes. I'm going to um, let Kathy ask the question for practitioner threes. Hi, Reverend Candace. Um, it's been a real pleasure listening to you and hearing all these wise words. Um, I could I could really relate, and I, my question was somewhat what Brandon was asking, so now I feel like I might have to backpedal a little bit and come up with something new. But um, for me, I, I still um, feel the greatest challenge is to just prioritize the the time to be still and listen to Holy Spirit. And it's that sort of vacillating back and forth between head, heart, head, heart, and, you know, the illusion and the reality of only good. I I grew up with so much duality of there's two powers in the world. So just sinking into the realization that there is only one power of good and it's saying yes to us is still not my first response. And while I feel very compelled to do certain things in the world, it's met up with a lot of fear. Um, And it stops me. And it is that resistance and reluctance. And so I appreciate what you just shared. I I know I am meant to do it. It's just approaching it from that place within so I approach so so it's not really me doing it it's me being the vessel and so I don't know if you have words to share about about um sort of that resistance to just getting still like I make up all these sort of reasons and excuses I busy myself with things that really aren't important and I there's many times when I know it's not important yet I and yet I do it anyway. I have kind of a clinging to it or a, you know a, a, a liking to it. And uh, I mean, I feel like you're going to say it's something like you just you just have to listen to that inner knowing. <laughs> it's like no one can tell you tell you how to do it really, right? I mean, no. I mean, this there's no formula, Kathy. That you you know each the formula is what develops in your own awareness and what works for your life. That's the formula. What I, what I can say is, yes, we do have to be still. And even if our mind is a jumping monkey and we want to run all over here, we have to sit and be still. We have to take the time as a practice and as a ritual to be quiet and just keep breathing and keep breathing and breathe deep and breathe deeper and breathe deeper until we calm ourselves and just to get quiet. And then, uh, you know, I'm big. I'm a big teacher on forgiveness, self-forgiveness work. Uh, we're not, you know, we're all we're all unfolding. And so, the more gentle that we can be with ourselves, it, when we don't know which way to turn, and sometimes we don't know if it's the presence of God speaking through us or if it's our our some other part that's trying to tell us something. But the quiet is what helps. Being being still and being quiet. And, you know, and then the other thing we have to ask ourselves is it, whatever it is you're afraid to do in life, what are you afraid of? What are we afraid of? We're, we really, you know, who's going to come and get us? What's going to happen if we quote unquote fail? 
when we have these conversations, we realize what a false thing fear is because nobody's going to come and quote-unquote get us. We're making it all up in our own mind. You know, we're having feelings and thoughts and emotions around certain things. And so for myself, when I'm afraid, I know I've got to run straight toward that fear. I, I don't walk toward it. I run toward it. It's like, let me look at you and see you so that you can tuck your head and run for the nothing that you are. And, you know, but being still is what allows me to to just connect with myself, connect with the presence of myself, and to have that conversation well, what happens if you fail? Well, you'll just do something else. You'll just try again. It's like I, you know, there's a spirit, an overcoming and a coming over spirit in us when we listen to it. It wants out. And it wants out more than, than the other voice that says, you know, you're a wretch undone in the worm of the dust. That That voice is always a liar and is never telling us the truth. So be willing to work with yourself in a loving, self-forgiving, every single day through your breath way that you can move forward in your life, even if you're taking baby steps. We take baby steps until we can take bigger steps. But just be willing and know that you don't have to know all of the answers to anything because the presence of God as your life, Kathy, knows the answer. And it is your confidence. It is your strength. It is your health. It is the power and the conviction and the intelligence within you that is doing it anyway. So we just have to be willing to give up our quote-unquote littleness and our investment in our stories and our investment in our littleness and allow the light to shine and radiate through us. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And so it is. That's what we call a mic drop. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Reverend Candice, so much. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Jesse. Thank everybody for being on yeah. the call. Well, I'd like to talk just uh, for the last three minutes that we have a class about September 11th and what's happening at Inspire on September 11th. Uh, it's been long overdue, and uh, I'm grateful that Reverend Candice is helping us with this. So the first thing on September 11th is um, we're doing a new format. It's going to be very fun called Ask the Ministers or Meet the Ministers. (laughs) And it's going to be a panel of all of the Inspire Ministers. uh, um, The only exception is Reverend Jennifer won't be available. She's still traveling the world. But uh, it will be Reverend Candice, Reverend Alfreda, Reverend Michael, and myself. And it will be a panel in which people can just ask any questions about anything to do with spirituality, spiritual practice, spiritual community, any and all questions. Uh, and it's just an opportunity to, you know, get an experience of the Inspire Ministers. But what else is happening on September 11th, which is very exciting, and again, I'm just so grateful that Reverend Candace is helping me uh, by taking the lead on this and creating the space because she knows the importance of it. We're going to have membership classes, a membership class, and Reverend Candice is going to facilitate this class. And so if you haven't um, taken an official membership, haven't had an an official membership experience with Inspire, this is your opportunity to do so. If you really feel that Inspire is your home, you'd like to stand in that and 
proclaim that, then this is the opportunity to do so. And Reverend Candace is helping us. One thing that she's really bringing to the community is a, a vision of the trajectory of the member. So what does it mean when you're a member and how do we support members? And um, so I'd like you to just speak a little bit on membership real quick, Reverend Candace, and then we'll close out with a prayer. Okay. Uh, membership is uh, inspire membership has benefits. <laughs> it's uh, I love I love you know being a member and the thing is it has benefits because we get to uh, really say yes to making a stand a conscious stand in the community and saying I love this place this place feeds me. This place, you know, serves me, and so I want to serve it. And so really what membership is about is saying yes to your own growth and unfoldment. It's saying yes to making a conscious stand to see the community um, grow and flourish and the ways in which we can do it as Inspire members and the impact that we can have in the community uh, as well as the larger community. And so it's really, you know, taking this, this love that we have for this community and saying, this is my baby. I'm going to hold this baby. I'm going to feed this baby. I'm going to exercise this baby. I'm going to nourish this baby. Uh, and so membership is very powerful. And, you know, to be in such an unconditionally loving place like Inspire uh, is, you know, blessed beyond words. And so I highly encourage, you know, any of you who want to take that plunge to come to this uh, to that Sunday because it's going to be very dynamic and powerful. And, you know, members, practitioners, we, we become the bedrock of the community. And so many good things happen in spiritual community. I mean, in my, in, in my time in, in New Thought, I have heard and witnessed and been around the best teachers, the best presenters, the best pr- uh, practitioner colleagues and minister colleagues that I really have. And so... Uh, I can't say enough about what it feels like to take a conscious stand. And what you're doing when you say I'm joining is you are taking that conscious stand and you are like putting your proverbial arms around the community to uh, to be, a, you know, a visible presence. Somebody's not on mute and we can hear you. But go ahead and continue. That's, that's okay. I was pretty much done with that. All right. Perfect. Beautiful. So that's going to be from 2 to 5. We might end early. I'm not sure. On Sunday, September 11th, after the Meet the Ministers experience. So you can really get a good taste of Reverend Candace, what she's bringing, and also um, learn more about Inspire. And um, I really feel as though if you are in this practitioner program, it's essential that you Um, stand as a member of the Inspire Spiritual Community because you're part of the ecclesiastic body, which is part of the leadership of the community. And so come check it out. Put that on your calendar. And um, that's the last announcement I had for today. And Reverend Candice, if you would uh, do us the honor of praying this out. Mm. Thank you, Jesse. I invite us all to turn our attention inward now and take a deep cleansing breath.
how truly grateful I am in this very moment to be right here, right now. As we recognize the one life, this pristine, magnificent, holy life, this one intelligence, this one love unconditioned that I truly know is God itself, I am so grateful to recognize the presence of God as love, this presence that we worship and adore, this presence that we live and move and have our beingness in. I'm so grateful for the time that we are sharing together, knowing right here, right now, that each and every individual on this call is a practitioner of truth, that they are stepping up and saying yes to something greater of their life, something mighty, magnificent, powerful, holy, that the Spirit gets to be, do, and have all that it is seeking through their life. I know that we are one in this, that each of our lives is the life of God. My life is the life of God. Your life, our life, the one life is the life of God expressing. And so I know for these inspired practitioners that they just continue to dive in deeply deeply into the swimming pool of good they get to dive in and say yes off the top of the diving board springboarding into a new and a greater way of being in this world that this entire universe fully supports them supports their success in every single area that this inspire community is lifted up blessed in a blessing because of these individuals yes and so I know that the spirit of the living God has already gone before each one of us, making our way, moving any boulder that needs to be moved out of the road, moving any log jam that is in the river of flow. We see it gone already, knowing that something magnificent and holy is happening here, that each of these individuals are blessed in a blessing because of their yes, that their walk in God is pristine, that it is whole, that it is holy, that it is perfect, that it is complete, and that they just continue to be, do, and have all that God intends for them. And so I'm grateful for the time that we've shared together this morning. I'm grateful to know who and whose we are and what we represent, that each individual here is an absolute blessing of untold benefit and that each of us truly get to continue to say yes to something bigger than our lives. How wonderful and marvelous. I bless each person today as they continue about their day knowing that we are ever guided, maintained, and sustained by the one. Blessing Reverend Jesse for his leadership, for his vision. Blessing this entire community and each one of us wrapped in the unconditional arms of God. Thank you, God. Thank you, life. Thank you, love, for this truth. I release the word completely, and I do it with deep gratitude in my heart, with peace, with poise, and with confidence. I know that it is so. And allowing it to be right here, right now, I say, and so it is. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Wow. Well, thank you, Reverend Candace. Thank you all for participating today. What a beautiful um, class. And for those who are listening to the recording, love to you as well. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a beautiful rest of your weekend. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. I love you. Love you back. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.